a marriage without faith is not sustainable. We have been on both sides of the spectrum where we have done it without God and we've done it with God. And we have found that our relationship has thrived and grown in ways we could have never imagined because we put Christ at the center of our relationship. In this episode, we want to explore all of those things with you. We want to discuss specific cultural topics that affect the way people see relationships and the reasons why people don't want to add faith to their relationships. Things such as abuse in relationships, infidelity, divorce, right? Purity culture, topics such as those things. And we also talk about our specific experience, the then and the now. And of course, we end with lots of tips and advice for those of you who are walking the walk of faith in marriage. So stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I'm your co-host, Junior Smith. And in today's episode, we discuss faith in marriage. If you've been enjoying this content, please follow us at Black Marriage Therapy on Instagram, rate us on your podcasting platform, and share your favorite episode with a friend. If you would like to continue the conversation, please join us on our Facebook group at Black Marriage Therapy. There we encourage each other and share topics and information on our private Facebook group. So specifically in this episode, how we're going to do it, we're going to talk about our experience with being Christian in relationships and how that all happened kind of like in the past and how we got into where we are now. And then we're going to share with you guys all the tips and the tricks and everything that we've learned in regards to navigating faith mm-hmm. in your marriage. Yeah. That's because that's what we're here for. How to make those two things work the best. So I am talking about the church and what we've been taught in that res- respect, but also ourselves. Okay. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a bashing session, but we are going to be critiquing. So just to start off, let's start with some of the common church culture topics or things that really shape how people see relationships and marriages and kind of our experiences with that. So the biggest one that I know, especially as a woman is purity culture. Yes. And, and as a man, by the way. And well, I was about and to say as that. A man. Well, I was about to say that. What affects the women also affected the men in the church. I was about to say that. Okay. Now, purity culture, I have gone down a rabbit hole and not a bad rabbit hole, but like just reading books and listening to podcasts about purity culture and the effects that it had on young women and young men who are men and women now who are married. Yes. Right. And it was very very huge the way it showed up in my church was typical how it showed up with everyone you split up the boys split up the girls you know and the girls do this whole vow of purity they tell you not to lose your virginity or you'll be shamed for the rest of your life you know things like that (laughs) Mm, that did not happen to me 
and you make a vow and you sign a piece of paper that I still have to this day, by the way. You basically do this vow ceremony and then you hold on to your virginity with dear life. Every lustful feeling that you have, you kill it and destroy it with prayer. Because I'm married to Jesus. <laughs> okay. I'm married to God. Okay. I want to know what was the messaging when you finally crossed the finish line and you get married mm-hmm. because you've been told like, oh, hold on to it. Sex is wrong, right? They make blanket statements, right? You need to be a virgin. What about the time when you don't need to be a virgin because you're married now? Mm-hmm. What was the prep for that? Or was there no prep for that? Was it like the, the parents who are just like, just be abstinent? I mean, the prep was basically like, okay, first of all, everything that you do and how you walk is going to affect your brother in Christ, the boys around you. So make sure that you're walking in a way that is mindful of the men around you, you know, which is detrimental in in a lot of ways. Right. And it was, the messaging was definitely like, you know, boys can't control themselves. Boys have urges and they want to look. So therefore it's up to you to maintain your modesty and all these things in order for you to stay pure you know, but then after getting married, it was just like, I, and I told you this, I made this joke. I was like, oh, I'm still a virgin. I literally said that because my mind, maybe I just disassociated. That's the fancy, you know, therapy word. <laughs> I just, dis- I could not reconcile not being a virgin anymore. And I felt like because I got married and you know, and I kept my virginity, then I didn't lose it. I don't know, guys. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I know it sounds a little bit crazy and wonky, but that's really what it felt like. I couldn't figure out how like, okay, well now I'm not a virgin. Well, what does that mean? Okay. Well, I guess I'll just, I'm still a virgin kind of because I waited until I was married. That sounds like the person who used hate to motivate them to lose weight Uh and then they lose the weight and they can't lose the hate. Mm, dang. Okay. So we can't deep it, quick. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that sounds like. Like, yeah. like the making general strokes provides people the wrong motivation because you oversimplify it. Mm. And now that they've reached the goal that you've painted for them, mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with themselves mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. because you didn't give them the complex full picture. Exactly. I said purity culture affected men as well because there's two sides to every coin. Mm-hmm. So we're telling women like, hey, you know. Make sure that you're dressing modestly. Make sure that you stay a virgin. Then inadvertently, you're telling men as well, like you can be set off by her clothes and that's okay. We're telling men that if she's not a virgin, she's damaged goods, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. everything that you're doing leaves an imprint, right? Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunately like, well, I don't know if it was um, unintentional or not, but it seems unintentional, yeah, right? Because it seems like we're trying to paint broad strokes to help everybody, but yeah. We're not honoring the complexities of issues. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So for men, of course, like I said, it was anything can set you off, you know, and that was okay because there really wasn't any strategy around Mm self-discipline. Nothing like that. It's not until I got older and I realized I need to get self-discipline for myself sexually. Mm -hmm. I started looking into it. And yes, there's resources out there for, for men, for young men. The Bible says, how do you keep yourself pure as a young man? Keep your eye gates pure. And so... I had to look into that for myself. It wasn't brought to me, right? And the conversation of sex by itself wasn't brought to me. Yeah. Birds and bees, I'm still waiting, you know, to have that conversation. I got two kids in. So I feel like a lot of the strategy was just avoid. Mm. For boys? For girls too. For girls, in some situations, it was chastity, purity, Mm -hmm. and avoid. Mm -hmm. For guys, it was just mainly avoid. 
Mm. Honestly speaking. And so, yeah, I didn't have any kind of anything. So if you are interested in more and learning more about purity culture and like, I would suggest Theology in the Raw, which is a podcast. And I would and, and I would suggest <laughs> Sheila Gregoire because she's talked to a lot of women who's been taught by purity culture. And the consequences of that is relationships where they are. I don't want to say sexually abused, but sexually intimidated a lot of the times. And, you know, it's or, Christian men using. Yeah, for sure. Sexually, these, sexually disempowered. Yeah. Sexually, on purpose. sexually disempowered. For sure. And, you know, there's there's so much research and information on this. So if you really, really want to learn and maybe you had this experience and maybe you realize, oh, this is affecting my marriage. You can learn about this. Because one thing that I learned is that the purity culture movement from the church actually came as a reaction to the feminist movement in the 60s, I believe, 60s mm-hmm. or 70s. Mm-hmm. And the church started to scramble, right? And as the church does sometimes, okay, this is a critique. Broad we often react instead of be proactive, right? So instead of teaching young people from the word of God, from the jump, right? What sex is and how to do it, blah, blah, blah. They reacted out of the world saying, hey, we are sexually liberal. We're sexually free. We could do whatever we want, yada, 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 right? And because of that, they kind of just like ran with kind Rushed. of, yeah, opposite of what the world was doing instead of like, wait, biblically, what is the best way for us to teach young people about purity and things like that? So purity culture is one of those things that definitely shaped our marriage and how we saw marriage in Mm -hmm. the church in regards to like faith and marriage is what we're talking about today. Another thing, another big thing in the church was the role of a man and the role of a woman gender roles we Ro- just say roles, that way yeah roles, roles. and i know you wanted to talk about specifically like leadership so leadership was my number one thing when it comes to the intersect between faith and marriage so looking for an answer right in the church for what does leadership look like as a male because that's my role i don't know a lot of people were just pulling together their own definitions I think people are still, men are still doing that to this day. Mm-hmm. Just making up their own definition as they go along. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's no objective truth to it. So in reality, I just found myself making my own definition as well. And just making sure it looked good on the outside. Mm-hmm. So checking boxes, like praying, making sure you prayed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> making sure, you know, we read the Bible. Making sure we went to church. Yeah. And there was times we, we didn't go to church. Being on time. I, I think, I think think that like the spiritual aspect was okay i think sometimes you did make me feel bad if i wasn't like praying or like going wanting to go to church or whatever like that not in a bad way but like you'd be like hey yeah because i want you to help me out like help you out with what it's like we need to look the part like that's the only thing i know to do right now like because you want to met because you want to measure how effective you are mm-hmm. i want to measure how effective i am as a spiritual leader mm-hmm. and so if i'm a spiritual leader and I have a wife who's praying, reading the Bible, coming to church with me, participating. I'm a good spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. But if I, have a, if I have a wife and I'm a spiritual leader who's like, what is that? Psalms? Is it job? <laughs> is it one Corinthians? One and Corinthians. not coming to church, whatever like that. That must mean I'm a bad spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. And that is the only thing that I know when it comes to leadership and faith. Mm-hmm. It's just like being a spiritual leader, being... Well, priest, provider, just protector. Priest, just priest. I feel like well, providing they, a protector is outside the church anyway. I feel like the only thing that comes, the only intersect between a man of God you feel like and provide, marriage, uh-huh. for me, growing up, was spiritual leader. You feel like provider and protector is 
outside the church? I feel like that's a given. I don't know. Like it's not specific to just church Mm -hmm. being a provider protector. But the messaging around how they talked about those things. They didn't. They mm. didn't. They did not. That's very interesting. So what do you mean they didn't? So when I ask married men, mm-hmm. then they can give me some insight mm-hmm. to talk about like providing, which is basically making money. Mm-hmm. Protecting is basically like you gotta fight. You gotta fight. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta fight. If it go bump in the night, you gotta fight. Like that's that's basically what it was. That's it. That's minimal it. minimal conversation. Like yeah. That. How did that make you feel? Let's just go deep a little bit. Like going into marriage with very minimal conversation and just a very surface level understanding of these Bro, things. I was very confident. I was very confident with the little that I knew cuz I the one thing that I did know is that you have to be confident. You have to be confident. You may not know it, but you have to be confident. Like you just have to like you're supposed to not know it, but you're supposed to still be confident. You're supposed to go in there confident, bro. And don't let your wife see that you're not confident. And she's going to want you to be confident and not show her that you don't know. And, you know, you're going to figure it out as you go along. Mm-hmm. And you may have these, these secret meetings with another guy where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, they, you share secrets real fast. Mm-hmm. And then you go back out. You go back to being confident. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I knew was like, oh, okay, I don't know anything. I'm supposed to be confident and I will learn as I go along. And remain confident at all times. And how do, you, how do you think that affected our relationship? I think it was terrible. I think that's the quickest way to end a relationship. Because it means I cannot reveal myself to you. Which means I don't have a way of escape. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly holding my breath. Number one. Number two, I cannot be influenced by you. I cannot take your suggestions mm. because I already know, quote unquote, what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. which is just ignore you and stay confident. I cannot be influenced ignore by Ignore me. Yeah. Damn. I, I was supposed to lead you, not mm. listen to you. Yeah. So, but I don't even know what I'm doing. Mm. But I got the same gist from other men as I talked to them. They don't even know what they're doing. And it worked out fine. Honestly speaking, it works out fine when men don't know what they're doing and they stay confident. It works out fine. Bills get paid. The wives don't ask questions. And which wives? Life keep rolling on, bro. <laughs> Who? Maybe men of old. Maybe all the men of old. That's the way it worked perfectly fine. Okay, that's why, welcome to 2023. That's why it was so successful. That's mm-hmm. why that was what was handed down to me because it worked for them. Mm-hmm. maybe it's not going to work today because yeah. his husband and wife coming home from a long day of work. Come on. At the same time, mm-hmm. this is still in the sink, though. Back in the day, it's easier to give roles, right? Mm-hmm. Roles just make sense. You home all day. Now we both come home from a long day of work. Yep. <clears throat> we both yawning. And there's two kids. And there's two of us. Today's times are different. So, well, I'm glad you talked about that because the role of the woman, I feel like they talked about that all the time. I feel like that's the most discussed subject. Do you you know what's so interesting is, and we're going to talk about this more later. As I start to search the scriptures for myself, there is more specifics on how husbands are to live and treat their wives and do things than there are specifics on wives. And it doesn't feel like that. And the way they preach it 
it, you would think that what they're saying is law, is Bible, because the few verses that are there that are specific to how women should act and move and be treated, they take that and they run. And they run far and they run fast. My gosh, the sermons I've heard, okay, that are really, really, really ridiculous. So on the opposite end, while you weren't getting much conversation, we were getting drilled. Woo, like we were in, and okay, so I'm also from a Caribbean background. Mm -hmm. So you already get that from your mother, right? You wake up early, you wash your clothes, you do this. My mom has told me, if you don't know how to wash dishes, you ain't gonna be able to keep a husband. If you don't know how to cook, you're gonna be able to keep a husband. If you don't lose some weight, you're gonna be able to keep a husband. My mom has said these things to me. Okay, okay. All right, so okay. this is like my upcoming, like the so way you're, I've been brought training up. training for a husband. Oh, man. And then, so to add the faith piece is what we're talking about is like in the church, they do that, but they use the word of God. So we were constantly you know, monitored and like, they're checking how you dress. And I had a friend who is shapely. That's just how, if she was naked, she would be shapely. And they would, man, the comments she would get about her skirt and her shirt and her this and her that. And I'm like, that is her body. Like she's wearing baggier clothes and, and her shape just shows. Right. And we were constantly monitored and constantly like, you know, Hey, there's an expectation. There's an expectation. And to be honest, for me, it made me very bitter. Because well, and to show to share with them where your business is coming from, uh -huh. let's just share this real quick example of that shapely friend of the story of a preacher. He was one of the preachers. Uh-huh. And don't give, I can't get too much information. The wife addressed the shapely friend uh -huh. saying that that preacher man mm -hmm. was having thoughts of sleeping with her. Mm -hmm. How old is she? She was a teenager at that a time. A teenager. Yeah. The pastor, how old was he? A grown man. Married? Married. Telling, and the wife was approaching her. And yeah. the wife was approaching the teenage girl with the baggy clothes already. Yeah. Saying that she's causing her husband to fall into lust because he's dreaming of sleeping with that teenage girl. Exactly. Exactly. So you can kind of see how the convoluted. It's so con you took the word right out of my mouth. It's so convoluted. It's They're watching you, bro. And 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 the and the preacher is not responsible. Exactly. For his oath to his wife. It for his oath to the parishioners in the church. It's his oath to God. For his oath to God, for his self-control is up to the girl that's already wearing baggy clothes. Exactly. So you can just use saying that you can see the burden and the weight. And we were teenagers at this time. We didn't know left from right. We were just learning what we were learning. Okay. And, but it, we carried such a heavy weight and burden of like the way we have to walk and the way we have to talk and the, everything that we do, because it can cause people to fall and like how our body looks. And like, we were always like scrutinized every act that we did and coming from a Caribbean culture as well. If you know this, you're also supposed to be meek and mild. Yes. Right. So on top of the way you dress, cause that's one way modesty, but also being meek and mild and not speaking up too much and not, you know, causing roughly agreeable. Yeah. Being be agreeable. As agreeable as possible. Being agreeable. And what I've found is that we are constantly being disciplined or like yeah. 
forced into yeah. the box yeah. because we're like, this is what a woman is. This is what a wife is. And if you're not doing that, you are going to be scrutinized. Yeah. All right. Especially in the Caribbean Christian culture space. Yeah. Right. Same, same thing for the guys. Not as bad as yours. Uh-huh. No, I'm not taking anything away from you. But the same thing, you know, a guy's supposed to be, you know, ambitious. You want victory. You want to take over the world. You want to eat raw meat, whatever type stuff. So you have a guy <laughs> who is more sensitive or a guy who is more talkative or yes. a guy who's you're getting the same thing, bro. Yes. Same thing. Like yes. these strong forces, strong push. Yeah. To yeah. fit in this box yeah. of what you're supposed to be. And you would have other men like look at you weird. So one example for me, because obviously I'm not the typical male. Let's just be honest. But I was at church and this was not no harm, no foul. OK, no harm, no foul. All right. I, I'm not going to say this, but it's a traumatic moment in my life. It's not. OK. OK. The only reason why I remember it is to bring this up now. Yeah. But I was at a church just chilling. There was like four guys there. And then one guy just pushed me. And they all just like pushing me. And I was just letting them push me. And then they was like, yo, don't let me push you, bro. I was like 15, 16. And I was just like, bro, why you keep pushing me? And I just couldn't figure out what they were doing. I was really in my mind, like cerebral, like, what is the what is happening right i'm really trying to think i'm trying to talk to them they're like no just get physical man and i'm like but why do you keep pushing me and they just gave you up you're trying to think <laughs> they just gave up they were just like yeah man don't let anybody put they try to cap it with like a lesson yeah. yeah man don't let anybody push you you know you gotta push them back and i was like nah i didn't understand that <laughs> i don't know if that made them feel bad yeah <laughs> that i didn't just automatically know what to do yeah but i was just i really was questioning them bro yeah but yeah so society will try to <laughs> put you in that box if if you don't fit the description mm. so for me what happened is that it left me bitter and it left me going into marriage with a chip on my shoulder. Like, I don't know who I, they go, they think I'm gonna be. Cause the thing is, it didn't deter me from marriage. Cause I've, I always wanted to be married. Okay. Right. And, but I think at the same time, I went into the relationship kind of like with a chip on my shoulder. Like, you know what? Like, you know, I, I don't want to be that wife or whatever like that. And guess what? I still end up doing that. You did it exactly. I, I, I didn't see no chip. I know. I didn't see not a Frito Lay. I didn't see not a not a, 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 a salt and vinegar. But Nothing. you know, but you know what? It was very internal. I I internalized it, right? So on the outward, I was doing everything that I was being drilled to do. Like you, you wash were, clothes, yeah. you clean, you know, you suck. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> you do? No, really. Like you give sex. You cook, you clean, you know, you're meek and mild. But then at the same time, I feel like I had like a fire raging in me because I just was like, I was like, I just don't, I, I always had this thing about me and Junior knows I, I could not settle with the fact that this is all women are supposed to do and all they're supposed to be. I always struggled and questioned God and said, did you create me for this justice? Right. And, and it bothered me to the point like even to this day and I had to take it to God and really ask him questions because it just bothered me I said I could not I could not understand that my whole existence was just for this thing right and I think it's important and I think it's vital to society and all those things but I'm just like God I just feel like you created me for more than just this I will say this though you definitely like assume the role mm-hmm. but i would definitely say our marriage was not growing no 
I, I was not being challenged. Mm. I did not know what I was doing. You mm. weren't challenging me. No. Nobody on the outside was challenging me because we looked the part. We mm-hmm. looked right. You know what I mean? We had our own place. Our car was going to school. No babies. So they looked at us and they was like, all right, let's <laughs> move on. Mm. Right? Bigger fish to fry. I'm so glad that you are speaking up. And now that we're here, mm-hmm. everything is clear. Right? Moving forward. Every day I don't wake up clear, though. <laughs> speaking like, of clarity... This episode is sponsored by Magic Mind, the herbal supplement. I realized that we are entrepreneurs. We are parents. We are, I mean, name it. We are sons and daughters. Of the king. (laughs) I don't know where you're going with that. I'm just saying that we have very busy lives, right? And sometimes it's hard for us to focus on the things that's right in front of us because our mind is just scattered and unclear. So... We have tried Magic Mind. I think most people they try coffee. You do, or yeah. You try to, energy. I tell you not to drink coffee. I've, yeah, I've, I, listen. Let me tell you, I've tried it all, and I got to try Magic Mind, guys. And I, I ain't gonna lie, I, I ain't got no reason to lie to y'all. This junk works. Let me tell you the reason why I know it works. I started taking this drink mm-hmm. the week before my period. Any woman who knows the week before their period what's happening, you are foggy, you are cloudy, you are moody, okay? And forget focusing. It is chips and TV, okay. right? But every morning, I would take this drink as a replacement to my coffee, and I was just hyper-focused. And on it, I didn't notice until the third day. And I was the like- The third night of you busting out oh, and I, content. Okay. And coming up with new ideas. Turns out it was the drink because, you know, one of my, the hardest thing for me is, is distractions. Like that's my thing. So this was really, really, really helpful. So I want to read the ingredients because I think they're important. So there's matcha green tea, agave. It has ashwagandha. Oh Lord. Am I going to be able to say this? Bacopa Monera. It has tons of mushrooms, guys. Yeah. Shrooms. Shrooms. (laughs) It has turmeric, lion's mane, cordyceps, lithanine, and then vitamins. vitamins. A whole bunch of vitamins. A whole bunch of vitamins. That's it. Yeah. You shake it, you breathe, and then you drink. Don't forget. Breathe. (laughs) Don't forget the breathe part. But it is, it's like a little shot form. So it's a small bottle. I take it in like two sips, but the taste is acquired. But it's not terrible. It's not like, ew, I have to spit this out. If you do it every day, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's an acquired taste. So if you guys are interested, actually, I want you guys to go and try this because especially if you're a heavy coffee drinker and you have that crash, I want you to go and try this. But guess what? So if you go to magicmind.com forward slash black marriage, you will get 50% off your subscription for the next 10 days with our code Black Marriage 20. (laughs) Can you say that again? Black Marriage 20. So you got to go to magicmind.com forward slash black marriage and to and you'll get 50% off your subscription for the next 10 days with our code black marriage 20. Wow. So let's get back to the topic. We're talking about faith and marriage. Another thing that I want to talk about in regards to culture and marriage and faith, as far as one of those topics is abuse, infidelity, and divorce. So 
I think, and and the reason why I want to talk about these things, because I really think these are things like purity culture and leadership and gender roles that really shape how people feel about like letting faith into their marriage. Because if people are talking about, if faith, if the church is talking about marriage in a way that it's so, it seems so stringent and almost like, yes, yes, like yes. a cage, I mean, yeah. people are not going to want to introduce that into their marriage. For sure, for sure. Right. So I want to talk about abuse, infidelity and divorce. And not because I am a, like an expert on these things, because just being on the outside, these are things that I always had questions about. And I think this is part of where the church may have failed or where the church could have done better is because it was very confusing for me, because I'm like, especially as a woman, I'm like, how am I protected? How am I safe? You're telling me either explicitly or, you know, unintentionally that if I'm in an abusive relationship, I have to stay. You're telling me that, you know, divorce is not an option, but not in a way to say like, protect you should you. stay be- yeah, yeah, committed. They're not saying it like deal that. With it. They're saying deal with whatever trash your spouse is bringing and don't get, get divorced. Divorce. Yeah. I don't know how women how, or how you deal with this stuff because it's, this is the way it's always been. Like the world has been such a part of influencing the church when it comes to marriage. Mm-hmm. Like look in the Bible, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Infidelity. Mm-hmm. they grabbed the woman who was caught in cheating mm-hmm. and was going to stone her to death and thought that was okay to just grab the women the woman yeah and brought her to jesus as a matter of fact mm-hmm. never thinking should we just grab the man never thinking is he going to ask for the man like the man is not a, a, a he's not a part of this equation and that's in the bible you yeah. see that so it's been like this forever the world has been influencing um church's idea of women's role in marriages since since before Jesus was here, obviously. I don't know if it's because it's such a sensitive topic. Like people don't know what to do about it, that they're not even willing to research and find out. I feel like kind of that is how um the justice system works with like domestic violence and things like that. They so they just don't want to get their hands involved that they just kind of like leave it the way it is because there's women who are still in prison for killing their abusers yeah. like the man who's going to kill them yeah. they are in jail for protecting themselves and killing their abusers oh, i mean you, we've all heard the black lady who's in jail for firing warning shots for firing warning shots Went oh well jail. she had a fire on, you know what i'm saying so it's just like but then you know when the woman calls then they don't take or the man goes to jail for a week come back you know sometimes a weekend sometimes not at all and come right back i understand that it is super complex right but i think that is where you know the church is lacking like that how do we talk about this how do we address this even if we don't have the answers there are people in marriages who are suffering who are dealing with infidelity who are dealing with abuse who are dealing with facing divorce and are we talking it talking to it or even providing resources in a way listen where we can address it in a complex way in the church i grew up you know i didn't see infidelity but i did see abuse there's two other women besides my mom by the way Mm. who was married and they were being abused by their husbands and everybody knew it and the husbands didn't come to church, obviously, but, you know, there was no conversation. There was no talk. It was avoided. It was stay strong. It was something that is not supposed to be fixed. It's just supposed to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. You just encourage that person. That just means they need extra hugs. That's what that really means. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not supposed to be trying to fix any issue. I, I think marriage is so 
it's interesting because marriage is so personal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And every marriage is different. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny that we let that stop us from things that we know is obviously wrong. Mm-hmm. Of course, every marriage is different. Does that mean, oh, I don't know if I can say something if you're getting beat by your husband? <laughs> like, I don't know. Every marriage is different. We don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, is your husband touching your, your daughter? We don't know. I mean, I don't know if I can speak on that. We need, we need clarity from the Bible about that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. preach from the pulpit exactly. about domestic abuse. I can't mm-hmm. preach from the pulpit about sexual abuse. I can't preach about that because every marriage, you know, we don't know how that goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is so, which is, which is strange right Mm -hmm. just to see the and someone maybe need to teach me maybe i'm in a space of privilege but just to talk a little bit more about the avoiding these hard conversations from the pulpit looking back at it now i can't fully understand why you know i know it'd be a hard conversation and i know you wouldn't want to ruffle feathers and Mm -hmm. encourage you know a person to go do something that may may not work out for them yeah at the same time I don't know, avoiding exactly topics exactly is is doing anything better. Exactly. And I think the way it affected our relationship, it just gave us different glasses to look at marriage. Right. In different aspects for me, especially on an internal level, I was I had a lot of confusion. I had a lot of bitterness towards God. I had a lot of bitterness towards men, you know, in the church. And and I feel like I resented them. Like when they talk about submission and talk and you see the abuse, you see infidelity, you see divorce. And I was just confused. I was confused. And and I felt like I brought that into my marriage on a very subtle note, but kind of like a, a smoldering anger, like a very low-key bitterness in my own heart yeah no i mean the same exact way it affected you it affected me in our marriage Mm -hmm. whatever we learned coming up right faith and marriage how it's supposed to work it just left with a whole bunch of confusion Mm -hmm. i was just so confused so confused i was just so confused i was constantly confused i was in the world i was less confused as a matter of fact Mm, they had it they got it straightforward less confused one two three four and five i was talking with the people who worked at my job who were my age or older a little bit or younger and they told me i made the mistake of a lifetime Mm, yeah tell me i'm supposed to be partying they'll tell me i'm supposed to be having sex they tell me i'm supposed to be sowing my royal oats they They got they got the formula down pat i'm supposed to be experimenting that's the word yeah figure out what I like, my what my body likes. I'll come into the, the church. I'll just be so confused, bro. And so, because they didn't, I didn't, I was so confused. I was dealing with too much. Mm-hmm. On the outside, the world's advice. On and the they inside, just weren't saying enough in the church. They're not saying it, enough. Everything, everything was surface, yeah. especially with us growing up. I just didn't know how you can get, you know, one plus one and then get seven. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. enough input to get that kind of output. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm so excited to talk about the tools we have for people and talk about the education we can give on different topics, modern education, and especially talk to our couples who are underserved. Man, that's a blessing. That's, that's, that's a mission, a commission I'm grateful to have. Mm -hmm. So that was then let's talk about now and how faith has been a part of our marriage. We have learned so much about how faith intertwines with marriage and now like if you're watching this if you're listening you can't tell but if you're watching this I am smiling a big great smile because now that I've really understood it I feel like it has transformed our marriage to a whole nother level you know and we're still learning because there I think there's still certain things like it's hard for me to pray in front of junior that's something that's like it's weird but true (laughs) 
<laughs> because it's just like, you know, those are things that I'm still working on. But other than that, like how we intertwine faith, faith into marriage, it feels like the real deal. It like you take off all those layers and all those, oh, well, it has to look like this, it has to look like this. And this is what your marriage looks like, all this stuff. And when you really get into the nitty gritty of what it is, it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, no, it feels like it belongs there. Mm-hmm. Where faith at first was like, I don't know if this puzzle piece fits. I don't know if we're going to keep doing this. Right. Some people, they they start with faith in their marriage and then one person falls off. And the person's like, yeah, whatever. I'm yeah. going to keep going because I was raised this way. Right. I never could see someone outside of the faith coming into the faith now as a married couple unless it actually works unless mm-hmm. they're actually doing it for real yeah and that's the yeah. problem sometimes you're so familiar with it you're just doing the outside stuff mm-hmm. and people outside who are not familiar with it but they got the real deal and so like you said when you get down to nitty-gritty it feels like faith belongs in every yes, marriage yes yes it's yes, supposed yes, to be here there's yes. a place for faith in your marriage that's right good. and it's a it's a it's a life it's a spring mm-hmm. that brings newness brings oneness mm-hmm togetherness into your marriage bro this is our number one tip for those of you who are you know adding faith into your marriage because there's there there are pastors who have the sermons you know and there's friends and there's so many things but we sought the scriptures the bible we sought god for ourselves and for our marriage and that is the main thing that changed the trajectory of how we bring faith and make Christ the center of our relationship. Listen, let me tell you something. Chris and I came up with the same answer, right? Separately. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't decide this, but the question was, what would you tell the 18 year old self as they're getting into this marriage and they're trying to incorporate faith? And the answer is seek God for yourself. Mm-hmm. Not even, Oh, let's do a couple's Bible devotion. Forget that. Not even that, not even there. Like the marriage is made out of two healthy individuals. Mm. Well, the faith of a marriage is made of two healthy individuals as well mm-hmm. who have a strong, healthy relationship with God. Mm-hmm. See God for yourself. It is such a tragedy that I had to answer right there in the Bible at 18 years old. That I never flipped through the pages for myself. Let me tell you something. That also includes uh, letting go of what you think it should look like for your spouse. Come on. Because for me, I was like, well, this is the way I do it. I was raised to wake up at 5 a.m. and oh, have devotion. Lord. <laughs> my wife is asleep and it's six <sighs> seven eight a.m i'm sleeping she's sleep mm-hmm. she has no conviction nope no discernment <laughs> is in that body <laughs> shut up and so i would look at her crazy but guess what when i started seeking god for myself he was one that said hey this is your schedule looks like this and don't worry about your wife because she's gonna meet with me too her schedule looked like that mm-hmm. i had a really bad I had a really big problem with God because I was like, you set us up for failure. And I kept questioning and seeking and sometimes running away from it. And, you know, I couldn't find an answer because I feel like my heart wasn't ready to receive the answer. Of course. But he gave me an answer. He did. And he really did help me understand. And that has brought me so much peace and so much love because I have like a, a, a understanding of what God originally intended. And once I found that out, I realized, oh, he's really and truly loving. And, you know, people of this world, they could be wicked, but his original intention for me was always loving and always good. Right. So for those of you who are, who do have questions, right. Who do have like, oh, what about abuse? Or what about, you know, 
I, listen, God can't answer those listen, things for you. Listen, you're going to have questions. Not for those of you guys who may have. You're going to have questions. Especially, you should have questions. Be curious. You should. You should. Especially when it comes to things also for your relationship. Because just because your pastor does it one way, just because your parents who could be spiritual leaders for you, just because they do it one way doesn't mean that you have to do it another way. Right. God could be leading you to do something differently. And I'm not talking about like standard things like don't like cheating on your spouse. Oh, well, they didn't cheat. So I could cheat. You know, I'm not talking about silly things like that. But I'm saying like if if it turns out that you are the breadwinner or like you have a vision and maybe your husband doesn't and you're like, well, no, that's not how my daddy did it. You know, oh, that's not how, you know, pastor so-and-so did it. So we must be out of order. Don't do that to your relationship. See God for yourself. Listen. Read the scriptures for yourself. Pray and ask him because you you don't know what it what it could look like. And you may get in your get your relationship all wrapped up trying to m- make it look like somebody else's relationship. And, and let me speak to you about the benefits of doing this, of actually seeking God for yourself and having a relationship, because not only is it going to benefit you individually, it's going to benefit your marriage and your kids. If you have kids, it's going to set them up in the right way. I find that having this personal time with God. Independent of your your, your spouse is is homeostasis how do you call it it's maintenance it's bringing you back in line into balance yeah mm-hmm. it's bringing you back into balance anything that brings you into balance mm-hmm. right something to set your life by right it's like that thing it's called a metrodome i think it goes left and right going back and forth like this yeah it's something you set your 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 life by mm-hmm. you know what i mean talking to god asking him questions throughout your life about your marriage about yourself, asking for directions, asking for advice and instructions, you can set your life on that, bro. Mm-hmm. That's a well that is never perishing. Mm-hmm. That's going to continue to give you directions, insights that you can't gain anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Insights that you can you can go and do the therapy, which is wonderful. You can go and listen to the sermon, which is wonderful. But it's so interesting. God has something specifically for you in that personal time that you spend with him that he's going to give you and it's going to be so specified to you. Mm-hmm. And so, and he has millions of these things to give you so much so that he has stuff for you, your personal life. He has tips and tricks for your kids, how to reach them. He has tips and tricks for your marriage and what to do. He has, he has personal development stuff. He got community outreach stuff. He has ideas for you to build. Yeah, He has all this stuff personally just for you with your name on it to give you in this personal time Mm -hmm. in the space that you give him Mm -hmm. i can't give you a better benefit than that it's a gift that keeps on giving that pays for itself right it pays for itself with your time and with you dedicating and understanding like i need to be intentional about this i think that you know something that you say if you're really trying to do this like christ in the center of my relationship like how do i really put christ in our relationship one thing that Junior always says is don't just make a space for God, give him a say in your relationship. Right. Uh, And what we're talking about takes work. I think everything that we talk about takes work because we don't believe in the easy way out when it comes to these things, because we know that the fruit of the hard way or the more, you know, difficult path is way is, is deeply rooted and it's long lasting. It's eternal versus the short path. We give you the easy way out. Oh, just make sure you guys pray before you go to work. That's enough. No, that's not enough. That's giving God a space. Giving God a space means you go to church on ooh, Sunday ooh. as a couple, right? Okay. You bring the kids, you put taking the children to church, right? Okay. But other than that, he does not have a say in your relationship. 
So how giving God a space is not enough. Right. And God usually doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, fare well with like, oh yeah, you know, we got a Bible on our mantle and we go to church and that's not enough. He wants to have a say in your relationship. That means you guys are actually praying about certain decision. You guys are actually, you know, reading your scripture and your word about certain things like, wait, how do we go about this? How do we navigate this? Oh God, we're having a, we're really having a hard time with this specific issue about Mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. we supposed to move, how we supposed to do. Right. And does he have a say? Can he tell you what to do about how in your heart? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Can, huh? He, huh? can, he, can he correct you? you? Can he influence your can decision? Can he influence you? Right. Where you feel gung ho. You're like, nope, this is how I feel like it should be. And, you know, God's like, mm, no, actually, Junior's right. Actually, you need to do left this and that. Right. Does he actually have a say that you're willing to heed and submit to? Yes. And it's God. It's not that hard to find out. Like, honestly, like, that's the one thing people will ask me. How do I know if God is has a say? How do I know? Because I say it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to find out. Mm-hmm. I can clearly tell you the days when God had a say and when he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Even now I can tell you. Because it's, it's very obvious because you're following yourself. There's no sacrifice when you're following yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no double checking because it's yourself. You come already on. know what you want. You Come on. And there's there's making sure that the check boxes are checked when you're following yourself. Yeah. It's all about the outward appearance. Mm-hmm. We can both have fruit. It's just one that is coming from the inside. Mm-hmm. And there's one that is manufactured to look like mm-hmm. what it's supposed to look like. Like them GMO apples. That that's it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. I'll give you I'll, I'll do you one better, like a plastic apple. <laughs> plastic. A plastic apple, you really have to work on it looking real. Yeah. That's all it has to offer. Mm. A real apple can be dingy. It's real. Mm. It's almost like the truth. You don't have to work hard to make the truth sound like the truth. It's mm-hmm. the truth. It's the truth. So it doesn't matter how crazy it sounds. Yeah. It's like, well, that's what happened. I yeah. walked outside and three apples fell on my head. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't have to. A lot of you have to engineer. Mm-hmm. You have to base it off of the truth. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy. I'm not going to give you that one. Oh, I don't really know if I'm really letting God have a space or a place. Yes, you do. Just look at it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you engineering your life around what it's supposed to look like? Or do you naturally have this, this thing inside of you that is flowing out of you that's causing you to change, mm-hmm. causing you to question, causing you to sacrifice, check causing for you to grow? Mm-hmm. Right? You got to check for growth spiritually. That's Thank another you for tip. Me. Yeah. Check for growth spiritually. That's 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 a huge tip because in our relationship we make make the decision to make God the center of our life. But I I will give you this: we so easily fall back into following ourselves. Easily, we make the decision. <laughs> God is the center of my life, uh-huh. but you really have to check on that. You can't set it and forget it because mm-hmm. you'll go two years, twelve years in thinking, "Oh yeah, I said that," but it'll be nice actions, and burnt up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's burnt to a crisp. Your actions are totally different. You're walking in a totally different direction, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you have to check to make sure <laughs> that you are growing spiritually, right? Yeah. And even for your spouse. Yeah. That doesn't mean you go in there with a diagnostic and be like, all right, one, two, three. I'm going to speak in tongues. You can interpret it. You don't have to do something like that. <laughs> but you are checking for growth for yourself and for your spouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Make sure you're even in the right space, right? Heart condition and do something like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want you going into like a drill sergeant like you know what's best. But if you guys aren't growing spiritually, and this is what I mean by that. Your spouse should be able to talk to you about something they're learning from God. Simple as that. There should be a spiritual conversation somewhere in the week where you guys are both talking about your development, something you're learning from God. 
if it's if the only thing you guys are talking about throughout the whole week, every conversation is this fun thing that's going on, this great event. Oh, talk about our kids. That's so wonderful. There's no spiritual conversation going on. You're not growing spiritually. Mm. And I don't mean you regurgitating something you heard on Sunday mm-hmm. because I used to do that. I used to go on Sunday and go deeper into whatever the pastor said and thought that was me going deep, but it wasn't. It was still me waiting for the pastor to feed me. Mm. All I did was throw it up and eat it again. That's it. Mm. I'm talking about you having a spirit-led conversation with the Lord mm-hmm. or or instruction with him where he's giving you oh let me have you look into this further and you're like oh i want to talk to you about what i'm learning oh i want to talk to you about i have to add to this because i think that we underestimate that spiritual growth in marriage and how it affects our marriages i think we underestimate it so much because the growth that you're doing spiritually with god directly affects how you are in relationship with your partner. There are so many things on a personal level that God has dealt with me one-on-one, okay? Blow for blow that has directly, I have been able to turn around and say, hey, God is dealing with me with shame. God is is is, is uh, redeeming my heart about my parents' divorce. God is doing this. God is doing that. And I'm having conversations. My husband's praying for me on the side. He's seeking the Lord. He's like, oh, you know, babe, I was learning about this and I was learning about that. We're sharpening iron and sharpening iron. And our relationship is benefiting because of it. We are not talking out the side of our neck. We no, are talking no. from, from experience. No. And what Jiren talk, is talking about is, is true. If you are not constantly checking and, and I'm not talking about in a neurotic way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about really being cognizant and present. If you are not ch- checking in on your spiritual walk, you will easily Easy. drift away because Easy. I have done it. And by the, by the power of God and his grace, he has brought me right back. Yes. But we drift so easily. Of so it, it, we, we have to see and recognize how vital and how important it is for us to be spiritually growing in our relationship and how that directly affects our marriage. We have to believe that and see that it's true, but you'll only know if you're willing to put the work in to see the fruit. Yeah. If you're you're not putting the work in, you're not going to see the fruit. Bro, put the work in for yourself, by the way, like don't take this and and show it to your partner. Take it and show it to yourself. Put, (laughs) Put your own eyeballs on it. Like, do the work for yourself, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you said check in because that's a nice way to put it. Mm-hmm. With my spouse, with my wife, I'm just checking in on her. I'm not telling her how, telling her how to go do it. Expect a drift. Mm-hmm. Listen, I expect a drift. I expect her to drift. I expect mm-hmm. for me to drift. Come on. So I'm just checking in. That's mm-hmm. it. Hey, how you doing with your spiritual walk? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so funny that I don't have to go outside my house to be edified spiritually anymore. Mm. I don't have to go wait till preacher opens his mouth or or the gang gets together where I'm like, oh, let's talk about this. I can have this own conversation with my wife in my home mm-hmm. and learn a whole lesson. It's mm-hmm. opened up a whole new path mm-hmm. to learning more about God in myself because it's with my wife. This is your first community. Your first community. I was speaking of community, though, because that was one of my tips. You know, we are talking about seeking the Lord for yourself as an individual, as a couple, you know, making a giving God a say and not just giving him a space. And we're talking about us as together as a couple. But my tip is in regards to community. Right. Community is not just the people you hang around. Can I say it again? Community is not just the people you hang around. Mm. Community are people who are in alignment with 
with you. Okay. Right. They are in a like mind in alignment with you. So when I talk about community in regards to marriage, I'm not just talking about just randos that's people around are married. Me, other people or who even, are married. Other people who are married. Even that's not enough, right? It's important. I, I would say my tip in regards to faith and marriage is having community around you, but that is aligned with you and aligned with how your model of marriage, I guess you, I, I can say, because you don't want, I've had experiences coming up North, right. Where for some reason it was like a cookie cutter type of marriages. Like I feel like we were in step for wives. Everybody talked the same. Everybody did everything the same. When you asked about certain issues, the response was the same. You just got to pray and fast brother. And it was weird. It was, <laughs> it was weird. I'm sorry. So I realized that, but outside of, you know, those people who are like very cookie cutter, we were able to find some real deal people who were walking the walk we were walking, Yes, which is they were seeking for themselves. They were able to share revelations with us because they were reading the Bible. They were having conversations with their couples and we were able to lean on them as a support system now, right? Because they're in the same vein. They're not just trying to tell us what to do in our marriage. They're not just trying to be judgmental. They're not just trying to say, oh, well, obviously you're doing this wrong. They are there to support and encourage us to continue to seek God for our relationship. And to give us revelation, like, oh, I was praying for you. And I realized that, you know, or you you were talking about this and I read a scripture and I hope that this is encouraging to you. Right. So they were walking the same walk. They were in alignment with the life we were trying to live with God in our marriage. You need to find people like that, wow. like minded people, because it really does help fortify and strengthen your marriage. Specifically in this season that we're in now, we have two couples who are I think it just so happened or maybe by God's grace, who is walking the same walk we are walking and they have been such a source of strength and support and encouragement because we could call them boop, 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 girl, this is what's happening. Yada, yada, yada. What's going on? And she's like, yep, that's what's happening. And, you know, she's encouraging me, but also spiritually. Oh, I was reading the description. I was thinking of you. Have you prayed about that? You know, how, you know, all those things. So, Finding people, community, not just anybody, not just your friends in them, okay? Like-minded people who are aligned on the same goals and the same path that you're trying to, you know, I, I reach for your that marriage. wholeheartedly because, and I'll share you this secret. I only communicate with those people who are like-minded with me. I have so many people, so many friends who are married with kids. Don't talk to them. <laughs> so it's not just the demographic information. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you young? I'm young. Are you black? Oh, I'm black. Oh, are you married? I'm married. Oh, we we have to be buds now. No. Yeah, we could talk. We're cool. Mm-hmm. I'm cordial. Mm-hmm. But I pick up the phone. I find myself talking to those people who are like-minded like me. Mm-hmm. People are not going to give me platitudes. People are not going to give me... They're going to challenge you. They need a, a challenge. A caption on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. People who are seeking God for themselves. Yeah. And yeah. can tell me a, a thing or two. Yeah. And, and I'm more willing to accept their advice, mm-hmm. honestly speaking. Because they're seeking God for themselves. Because it's organic. Mm. Because it's organic. I felt like you cooked this up in a kitchen somewhere, in a closet somewhere. Mm-hmm. You learned this for yourself before you gave it to me. Yeah. This is not reheated. It's not pre-chewed food. Like, you're talking to me and it's convincing. Mm. And so, yeah, I find myself gravitating to those people who are like-minded right? In faith, in the walk, right? In their marriages, similar to myself. But I will say this, 
to find those like-minded people, you have to open yourself up, though. That's the dangerous part. Because like I said, you may have a couple who, both of them, you may have two couples, demographically, they're the same. So now how do you know which one to go with? You open up. You tell both of them, like, you know, oh, hey, you test out, you test out the water. You dip your toe in there. Yeah. You're going to have to get a com- uncomfortable. Let's just be real. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to find you and be like, oh, hey, tell me if you agree with this so we can know we're like-minded so we can be friends. No. Mm-hmm. You have to put yourself out there. Sometimes I've had it happen where I've been shot down. No, it's not that. It's this. Okay, cool. I understand. I will not be talking to you about this. Great. We were so close. I thought we were a perfect fit. I love the fact that you mentioned friends. You can't just pick your friends. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, I got 10 years invested. Mm-hmm, 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 I have relationship mm-hmm. equity in this right here. Mm-hmm. I can just use it. No, yeah, you can't. No, no. no, sorry. No. If it's not like-minded, you can't. And you can't force it to be either. Yeah. God has that community out there for you, by the way. I believe I there are some things God only wants to give you through community. Come on. I feel like a pastor, but it's just the <laughs> truth. I'm letting you know these tips. Like, there's some things God's like, I'm going to reveal this to you through community. Yeah. You're going to miss this opportunity because mm-hmm. you're not looking for community. Sometimes your marriage, that next level you're looking for, that thriving season that you're looking for, get out of yourselves and get into some community. You'll find it. You'll find it. You'll find it. Oh, snap. God be putting God be putting exactly what you're looking for in the midst of a specific group of people. But because you want to sit here and be all closed off, you're missing out with what God has. You need to get out there. You need to get in community. God created it that way. Okay. So you got to get around it. You can't, you can't get around it. I should say you can't get around it. Believe it's the answer is right there. Like when I was 18 years old and that Bible was right at my fingertips and I was saying, I can't find any answers in the Bible. So let me go to the world. The answers was still waiting for me when I came back. I just wasted time. Mm-hmm. And so we're giving you these tips so that you're not wasting time. Right. Mm-hmm. We're repeating to you that relationship with God is foundational for yourself. Don't even worry about your spouse. As you're looking in this world, for community, look for people who are also seeking God for themselves who have like-minded, who are like-minded with you. It's going to take your relationship, even in your personal relationship with your spouse, to a whole nother level, bro. Mm-hmm. Whole nother level. I think that's all the tips. I think that's all the tips. I would love to continue this conversation. I have found over the years that I love this. Like, and I didn't know that I would love this because to be honest, like I mentioned before, I felt very bitter towards the way the church treated marriage and the way the church taught women about marriage. And I have found, thank God, through his revelation, through his word, the truth. And I am realizing that I truly love this conversation. And I really, I'm really committed and dedicated at this point, I'm dedicating my life to teaching it and to showing and bringing clarity. I can't give you all the answers. I don't know your life. I don't know your history, but all I can do is walk alongside you to help you find clarity. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to like offer what God has given to me so that you can go and dissect and ask God and for yourself and you can find out for yourself and, and you know, yeah. So that's where, that's where I am. But that I believe is the end of our episode. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of black marriage therapy if you haven't yet follow us on instagram and facebook we have a private facebook group and it's popping it's popping called black marriage therapy growing every day okay and that's where we chat and continue these conversations right and if you have specific conversation questions you could dm us and we could talk more about it and let us know if you want us to continue this conversation we could talk on this for hours 
we're in our wheelhouse. We really are. We're talking about marriages and faith and giving clarity. Yeah. This is where we're at. Well, thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. And I'm Junior Smith. And we will see you guys soon. Peace. Peace.